on taking today off because it's my birthday and I've never had to go to school on my birthday. So I figured, why should I work on my birthday? And, uh, but I thought, no, 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 I want to come to church, first of all, because I like church. I like it. I just like going to church. I mean, when we go on vacation, we go on sabbaticals, we still try to make church. I love church. Plus, preaching is fun to me. And I like you guys, too. That's another, another thing. I like, I like just coming to church. I like people. You know, I'm a people person. And so I wanted to be here. But also I wanted to, to share with you as we prepare ourselves for 21 days of fasting and prayer. Now, I know this. When I preach on fasting, it is very difficult because you are thinking about what you are going to eat the minute you walk out this door. So I know that as I, I preach this message on fasting, it's probably going to make you very hungry because here's what happens. The enemy doesn't want you to fast. He doesn't want you to press in. How many of you know he doesn't want you to pray? He doesn't want you to grow. He doesn't want any of those things. So, but I wanted to preach this message today because next week starts fasting and prayer. And so I want to give you some groundwork as we prepare for it. I read a a scripture this week I want to share with you. It's pretty obscure. Uh, It's easy to pass over. It's from the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 46, verse number 17, it says, then they said of Pharaoh, they will say of Pharaoh, he is a loud mouth. Come on now. (laughs) Turn to the person next to you. No, don't do that. I'm just kidding. They said of Pharaoh, they will say of Pharaoh, he is a loud mouth and a man who missed his opportunity. He's a loud mouth and he's a man who missed his opportunity. You know, opportunities come and opportunities go. And one of my favorite quotes is by by a guy named Dr. Leonard Ravenhill who wrote books on prayer and books on revival. And he said this, he said that the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of that opportunity. Now, I remember reading that and I remember thinking to myself, what does that truly mean? It truly means this, that every opportunity that comes our way has an expiration date. In other words, it is limited. It is, it is, it has a window. It has a beginning and it has an end. And so opportunities come and if we miss them, we miss them. And I want to encourage you as we prepare for 2019 that we start the year off right by taking the opportunity that is given to us to take the first part of the year and say, God, I will honor you. I will seek after you. I will deny myself. I will do everything I can to start this year off right, claiming that this year is going to be the best year I've ever had. This year is going to be a year of breakthrough. This is the year where I press in. This is the year where I believe God like I've never believed God before. This is going to be my year. This is the the year that I see answers to prayer. This is the year that I see relationships restored. This is the year that I see things turned around. This is the year that God has in store for me, and I will not miss the opportunity that God has given me. Somebody say amen. So we have to understand that this is just a window. It's just an opportunity, and I don't want it ever to be said of me, he missed his opportunity. He missed his window. He missed his chance. 
And if you study the Gospels and you see that Jesus and how he operated and how he moved and how he walked about and and ministered to people, he gave people opportunities. Because I believe with all of my heart that the greatest thing that God gives us is not things. The greatest thing that God gives us is opportunities. And the doors of opportunities that he puts in front of us, guess what? They are marked push. They're marked push. You have to press in. You have to say to yourself, okay, this year I will not let opportunity pass me by. This year I will not just stand there and just wait for something to happen. This is the year where I'm going to believe God and I'm going to push. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to press in. I'm going to do something that I've never done before in order to receive something I've never received before. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles today, turn to Matthew chapter 9. I want to read to you a a portion of Scripture. And, And it's interesting, this particular portion of Scripture, because Jesus performs his miracle on a way to a miracle. And he does it really without even him knowing it. Now you say, well, what is that? How is that even possible? This is a miracle that is unique to all other miracles. This is a miracle where Jesus is on his way to pray for somebody and somebody receives something from him without even him knowing it until it happens. Watch what takes place. Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse number 18, says, While he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshipped him. That just simply means a ruler came and knelt down before him saying, my daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him and so did his disciples. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. Verse 21, for she said to herself, if only I may touch his garment I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter, your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. The account of this particular healing also takes place in Luke chapter 8. And when you combine the two events and the two records of what took place, you get a full picture of what happened. The Bible says that this woman had an issue of blood and Luke tells us that she actually spent everything that she had trying to get healed. Now think about that for just a minute. That means that she spent money in the hopes of being healed. In other words, finding a cure for the illness that she had. She spent money and then she spent more money and then she spent more money until she got down to the point where she had no more money to spend. So when she spent the first amount of money, she had hope that the healing was going to take place. But no healing. The sickness continued. And then she spent more money. And she thought, well, if I just spend some more, maybe they're going to find a cure for what ails me. Until she got to the point where there was no more money to spend. So all the hope that she had was gone. So here she is, the Bible says, with an issue of blood, no hope. Now understanding the culture and the times 
of this particular event, you have to understand that with an issue of blood that she had, she was also considered unclean. She could not walk among the people. She had to live as an outcast. And so when Jesus is passing by, she takes an incredible risk Because Luke tells us that there was a crowd of people that was so great that everyone was touching him. And Jesus turns around and he says to his disciples, who touched me? They in return replied to him, Jesus, there's so many people here. Everyone is touching you. People from all over are touching you. How could we possible, possibly single out one person touching you? Jesus said, somebody touched me like nobody else has touched me. Somebody touched me and they received from me for I felt power leave my body. Hallelujah. Now, you have to understand that as an outcast, that means she didn't just walk up and push her way through the crowd. Most likely, she was bowing down or crawling or somehow low to the ground because she did not say, if I could touch the sleeve of his garment, she says, if I could just touch the hem of his garments, which means she is very low to the ground and she has to reach. She has to reach. She has to stretch. She has to, in her, in her trying to hide, because the Bible says she was actually trembling and hiding when Jesus said, who touched me? She has to reach through the legs of others that had gathered around Jesus, having said to herself, if I just touch the hem of her garment, so with her head bowed low so nobody could see who she was as an outcast of society, she reaches through the legs of individuals who have gathered around Jesus, thinking to herself and saying to herself, this is my opportunity. And this opportunity may never come by again. This is it. Jesus never looked at her. He never called her out until after the healing took place. Jesus was passing by on his way to heal the ruler's daughter. And she saw an opportunity. When you see 21 days of fasting and prayer, let me ask you, church, what do you see? What do you see? Do you see inconvenience? Do you see, well, I've tried that before. Do you see, well, I've, I've fasted and nothing happened. Do you see, well, I've tried to press through, but nothing really took place. Do you see, well, you know, does pastor really expect me to skip a meal? Does, do, do you see, you know, this is just something we always do. It's just something we always, I'll come to a few nights, I'll, I'll fast a meal. Or do you see an opportunity to press in, to reach, and to say, I'm going to receive from God because I have a need in my life and I want that me need met. I want to reach out and grab a hold and let power come into my life. Hallelujah. What do you see when you see 21 days of fasting and prayer? When Jesus was passing by, the woman saw an opportunity. That's what she saw. And she said to herself, if I just touch the hem of his garment, in other words, she's saying, this opportunity may never come back again. I may never see him again. This may be it but I'm going to seize this opportunity. I'm going to grab a hold of this opportunity. I'm going to reach out. 
I'm going to press in. In your life right now, things may be great. I mean, things may be, your life may be together and, and you don't have a, 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 a list of needs like others have or like you've had in times past. You may be heading into this year and you're saying to yourself, hey, you know what? I'm just trying to get some money in the bank. I'm just trying to get the career settled a little bit. I, I don't have a strong need in my life. You know, everybody's healthy and, and the relationships are pretty good. I mean, they could get better, but they're pretty good. Or, you know, and you may say, I don't really feel the need to stretch. I don't really feel the need to, to inconvenience myself. Because let me tell you, reaching is inconvenient. You know what's convenient? Everything just coming to you. You just sitting there and just letting people just wait on you and, and just serve you. Man, that's convenient. That's fun. But you having to stretch, inconvenience yourself, move from where you are to where somebody else is, it's not convenient. And let me tell you, there's nothing convenient about fasting. There's nothing necessarily fun about it. You know what I'm saying? My, my spirit looks forward to it, but my flesh is saying to itself, oh man, are you serious? This again? Are you kidding me? You know, I've talked to people who've, who've never fasted in their life. And when you talk to them about fasting, like something goes tilt that like they say to themselves, you mean you would, you would not eat on purpose? Like you would actually skip a meal on purpose? You mean like, like you would do that? Like a homeless person, like, like, a, like, a, like somebody who's just like out there crazy. Let me tell you, there's nothing, there's nothing convenient about it. But you need to know this. There's something in your spirit. There's something on the inside of you that is saying, yes, this is what I need. I see an opportunity because you do not know what this year is going to bring. That's why we press in. That's why we say, God, we need you. Because he knows something you don't know. He knows what the end of the year is going to look like. He knows all the opportunities that are coming your way. He knows what every relationship is going to look like. He knows what your finances are going to look like. He knows what your health is going to look like. Let me tell you, God knows it all. And the Bible says the secret things belong to him. But guess what? He reveals them to us. Hallelujah. I want to give you some three things as we prepare. Really, Rich, we prepare ourselves for these 21 days. And the first one is this. These are just questions. The first one is, what can I do to increase my reach? What can I do? What can I do to increase my reach? What can I do to stretch out maybe a little more? I know as we enter these 21 days, there is a strong temptation to do it like you've done it in times past. I'll show up once a week I'll come every now and then. I'll fast every now and then. Or maybe I I, I really don't have time for that, you know. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. I'm telling you right now, I, I believe the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. And he's saying, no, you need to increase your reach. You need to stretch out even more. That means if you've never fasted, you fast. That means if you fasted a day, you fast three days. If you fasted three days, you fast seven days. If you fasted seven days, you go 10 days. It's possible. We had a guy that was with us that spent all 21 days. He never ate for 21 days. He only drank chocolate milk for 21 days. I don't suggest that. 
I, that's not a recipe for success. I don't know how he did it, but somehow he did it. All right. I can only imagine what his stomach was doing for those 21 days. But let me tell you, it is possible for you to stretch and increase and do more, right? It is possible for you to inconvenience and disrupt your schedule. And let me tell you, I know what schedules at night look like. My kids have sports. Man, we've got homework. We've got to get little ones to bed. I know what that looks like. It is not easy. We're tired. I mean, there's a million reasons why you shouldn't come. There's a million reasons why you should just say, hey, I'll do it from home or, or hey, I, you know, I'll do it next year or, hey, I still think I'm going to have the same year whether I fast or not because I've tried some things before and it never worked out. I'm telling you, the devil doesn't want you to do it, but there's something inside of you. Your spirit man is saying, this is it. This is our opportunity. We cannot let this opportunity pass us by. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the first one is, what can I do to increase my reach? The second thing is this, what must I let go of to move forward? What must I let go of? Is it a sin? Is it an addiction? Is it something that you need to sever in your life? Something that keeps pulling you back? Making you do the same thing over and over? The same cycle, the same treadmill, the same, you're going around the same mountain over and over. What do you have to let go of? You know, when I was a kid, we had what I called guy toys. They were called figurines, not dolls, they're figurines. So we had, like, one of my favorites was G.I. Joe. Man, I had a couple G.I. Joes. Anybody remember G.I. Joe? I had G.I. Joe figurines, right? Now, it was just like a doll, but since it was a guy, it was a figurine, right? So I liked G.I. Joe. I had a couple of original Transformers. You know, I had a couple of Transformers, original ones. But one of my favorite ones was this figurine called Stretch Armstrong. Anybody remember Stretch? Go Stretch. Come on now. Stretch was the man. Literally. And so Stretch Armstrong was this, you know, figurine doll-like thing that, that you could take it and you could just stretch it. And what did Stretch always do? It always went back, right? You could wrap him around a tree. You could take his leg. And put your, I mean, you could just do whatever you could. You couldn't break him. You couldn't, you could, well, some of you maybe could, but I tried it with I mean, we just stretch Armstrong, just pull him as far as we could pull him. And he always went back. You know why? Because something inside of him, he was made of something. There was something, some substance inside of him that would pull him back to the same shape he always had. Let me tell you, there are a lot of Christians that they come into a situation where we're talking about 21 days of fasting and getting up early to pray and getting up early to read your Bible and, and setting your alarm clock for an extra 30 minutes or an extra 45 minutes or an extra hour so you could seek God for 21 straight days. And we're talking about doing that. And you know what? At, 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 you tried it for a couple of days, but for some reason, you always seem to come back to the same shape, the same lifestyle, you're watching the same TV shows, the same movies, listening to the same music. You see? Why? Because it's something inside you, right? 
There's something inside of you that just keeps pulling you back. I'm here to tell you, you've got to let go of whatever is making you stop. You've got to let go of whatever is keeping you from moving forward. There are some things in your life you have got to sever. And if you never sever them, you will always revert back to the same cycles. This is why we fast to break those chains off of our life and to say, this is the year I let go of whatever is making me stop. Hallelujah. The third thing is this, what am I desperate, what am I desperate for God to do in and through me this year? Now, the interesting thing is, is that maybe you're here today and you don't know the answer to that question. You just don't know. In fact, I know that there are people in this room that love God, come every week, man, faithful to God, pray, read their Bible, but they could not tell you the answer to this question. And I know it's a difficult question to answer, and so I want to encourage you today. Let me tell you how you find the answer to this question. You jump in. You dive right in. If you don't know the answer to this question, hey, that's okay. You need to kickstart your faith. Huh? You just kickstart your faith. Jensen Franklin talks about a fasting edge and how fasting moves you into a position and it just sharpens you like, a, like a, 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 something would sharpen a knife. It just, it just makes you be able to hear God on a more clear basis. It moves you in a position where you can discover your purpose in life. Let me tell you, I want to encourage you today. If you are not desperate for something, kickstart your faith by jumping into 21 days of fasting and prayer. If you've allowed yourself to grow complacent, if your faith in God is so mundane or so routine, if you're not praying, if you're not getting up early and praying and reading your Bible, if worship is just four songs and and you're barely lifting your hands and you're just going through the motions, I want to encourage you, this is for you. It's not that it's not for you, it is for you. God wants you to jump in so that desperation is birthed on the inside of you. Don't wait for desperation to come You create a hunger, you stir yourself up by jumping into our 21 days of fasting and prayer. Amen? Now, here's what fasting is, because some of you, fasting is new to you. It's it's something, maybe you've never even heard the word before, or you don't even know what fasting is. Here's what fasting is. Fasting is abstaining from food or certain foods to draw closer to God for the purpose of self-denial purpose of self-denial. It's about denying yourself. Listen, there's a lot of reasons to fast, but let me just tell you, number one, above all else, it's to deny yourself. Now it says foods or certain foods, because I realize there's some of you, you may, you may be struggling with a, a, a situation as far as your body. You have to have food. If you have diabetes or one of those things, one of those issues in your life, or you take medication on a consistent basis every day and you have to take it with food, I understand that there's limitations. And the answer can be found in the Daniel Fast. There's some information at the back table on the Daniel Fast. You can choose that one. That's a great option for you. But fasting is abstaining from food. Because if you could say no to food, after a while, you could say no to anything. Huh? Huh? Some of you are thinking right now, I can't wait to get out of this place. 
I've never been so hungry. I've never been this hungry in the history of the world. Why? Because the devil tricks our minds into thinking, oh, we're going to die. You go to fast the whole day by 10 a.m. You think death is setting in. It's 10 a.m. All right? You can make it. And so listen, the devil doesn't want you to deny yourself. He wants it to be all about you. You know? Listen what John 3.30, one of my favorite verses in John 3, besides John 3.16, we all know that one. John 3.30, John the Baptist says this, he must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. He must increase and what? I must decrease. Huh? Here's what we do. You know how you do a selfie? You know how y'all take that selfie? Y'all know, some of y'all know how to do that. You know exactly how to do it. You take that camera and you just point at yourself. And what you do is you hit that button right there on your phone so that that camera flips to you, right? Here's what fasting is. Fasting is pushing that button so that the camera is not on you, right? So that there's nothing, it's not about you. So that you take that phone and you just go, okay, God, this, I'm going to fast. It's not about me. It's not about what I want in life. It's not about trying to build myself, my kingdom. I'm going to deny myself for the purpose of drawing closer to you. Hallelujah. And you got you to gotta go, okay, God, this is it. And if you've never fasted one meal, do it. Now, it's not, I'm going to fast from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. That's not fasting, Okay. That's just waiting, all right? That's called waiting between meals. And if you never eat breakfast and you go, I'm gonna fast breakfast, that's not fasting either. Fasting is taking the time when you would regularly eat and pushing yourself away from the table and opening up your Bible and praying and saying, God, I'm hungry, but I'm more hungry for you. I'm more hungry for you. Can I give you some practical tips for fasting? Let me give you three practical tips right now. First one is this. Begin to detox your life right now. Right now, begin to detox your life. Not just your body, that should happen, but also your life. I start to detox my pantry. Praise God. That's why I told everybody, please don't load me with sweets this year. Don't, don't load me down. Christmas, I walk out of it. Sometimes I'm loaded down with cookies and stuff like that. Now, I've already gone through it, what everybody gave me, so praise God. But... But I'm telling you, start to clean out your fridge, your pantry. There's certain things I, I can't have in the house. You know what I'm saying? Like there's certain things I got to go, okay, that's got to get out of my house. That's too much of a temptation for me. So take everything, everything out you can. But also begin to declutter your life. Your life. In other words, take your schedule. I often will go out to people for lunch, go get coffee. I've cleared my whole calendar this month. Said, no, I can't, I can't do any lunches. I can't do any coffee. I don't have anything scheduled, nothing scheduled. I'm not, I'm not taking any trips. Uh, you can't, I can't leave town. It's too hard. So whatever it is that you have to do to detox your life, to try to do a cleanse, right? Because if you try to just jump in to a three-day fast after filling up with, with sweets and all those things, it's going to be very difficult. Not impossible, it's just difficult, all right? So the first thing is start to, start to even right now. That's why I wanted to preach today, right? Not so I could hear you guys sing happy birthday. That was lovely. That was awesome. 
was great, fantastic. But I wanted to preach so that I could talk to you about this day starting to detox your life. The second thing is grab a good book. We're selling these books back here. Um, now, we've got several for sale, but this one is one of my favorites. Jensen Franklin, uh, I've heard him preach on fasting many times. He's written two different books on fasting. This one's called The Fasting Edge. This is the second book. He's got another one just called Fasting. It says, Recover Your Passion, Recapture Your Dream, and Restore Your Joy. It is a great book on fasting. Reading books on fasting helps me. All right? Watching the Food Network hurts me. But reading books on fasting helps me. Now, I spent 121 days years ago watching the Food Network every day. I asked my wife. I was like, I am watching the Food Network. I'm starving. And I just thought, I cannot wait for this to get over. I'm going to make that. I'm going to make that. You're thinking of recipes you'd never think of. You're thinking of creating things in your mind. Man, you have become Gordon Ramsay all of a sudden. I mean, you're just ready to go. That's why you need to grab something that will take your mind off of food, right? Now, obviously, priority number one means we're reading the Bible. That's, that's without a doubt. The Bible comes first. But also grab a good book. During the 21 days, I'll read two or three books just to help me, just to maintain an edge and encourage me and lift me up. So grab a good book. And then the third thing is this. Decide what you're going to fast before the fast begins. And then tell one person, one person, not the world through social media, tell one person, tell somebody that you can be accountable to. That means this, that if you choose to fast your work lunch, tell a fellow employee, huh? tell them before the fast ever begins. Hey, there's 21 days. I'm going to be fasting lunch every day. All right? Why? Because then you're accountable. Don't wake up in the morning and go, hmm, I wonder if I'm going to fast today. You know what's going to happen? You're not going to make it. You're going to go, you know what, I'll start that tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and you're going to start it tomorrow. And the next thing you know, 21 days. And Jesus is just, just the opportunity passes. It doesn't mean that we can't still seek God or press in. It just means this opportunity, this 21 days, only happens once. It starts January 6th, and it 